passage from the book of Exodus, and then one from the inspired word to Paul as he wrote to the Christians in Ephesus. In the, in the Exodus passage, we read from uh, the, the 20th chapter, the 12th verse, and here's what that sounds like. Honor your father and your mother. Why? That your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And then we turn to the New Testament lesson, Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 4. <clears throat> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. In the very middle of his moral laws for the universe, in the very middle of the Ten Commandments, God placed a command on family. It's commandment number five, and it's for the home. It's about authority, obedience, and reverence in the home, which is God's system for a functioning society. Now, as we move through this time of, of exposition this morning, let me say that, you know, I fully recognize that, that many who hear me preach today uh, are like Pat and me. Your, your kids are raised. They're, they're young adults or older. They're, they're away from home. This text has great relevance for you nonetheless because you need to understand what God's word says. You need to be able to share that with members of your family, with young families in your neighborhood as you bear witness to Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life. So there is great relevance for all of us, beginning with me in the scripture lesson this morning. Across our nation, there are many, many issues looming large. Some of them are foreign. Some of them are domestic they're big issues. But as I listen to the reports, as I, as I read about what's going on in Washington, I tell you there is still no issue, no concern greater than the issue which is your house and what is going on there. It's not the Congress. It's not the Senate. It's not the White House. It's your house and my house where the real issues of life are being dealt with. Now, God's ideal is parents raising their children in their home. And God wants us to prepare our children to represent him. God wants us to prepare our children to represent him. There are forces at work in this world that, that we all come under every day that are intent on, in, on unraveling everything that you've taught your children, 
everything that you were, were taught that is righteous and holy. There are opposing forces. There are challenges to that. It's the kind of world in which we live. But let's make this point early in the message this morning. Children have not changed. Children have not changed since the beginning of time. The same matters of the mind and heart exist when children are born today. And the second part of that point is this. God's word has not changed. Children have not changed, and God's word about children has not changed. Now, the key to societal stability is God's law. That's why the commandments were given. It was given to his people, Israel, as they were about to take possession of that land that was flowing with milk and honey, as it was described. That land that was promised land. The thing that we sometimes fail to realize as we read the scriptures and, and study these lessons is that promised land was indeed promised land, but not just for Israel. Other nations represented its, uh, recognized its beauty and recognized its value, recognized that it was a place flowing with milk and honey, and they wanted to be there too. So God was sending his people into this great land, this land of promise that he had given to them, but others were there, and they weren't God's people. And God was concerned that they were going to come under the influence of pagans, that they were going to be in conversation with them, even though he told them to limit their their connections, limit their involvement with pagan society. He did not want them to intermarry with pagans. He wanted his people pure, but there they were in the midst of that kind of, of world. And God gave this word to them about how to raise their families, about how to be a family in that place where they were surrounded by a pagan culture. Now, proper order in the family is the basis for solid social structure. God expected parents to not have any tolerance for juvenile delinquency. He wanted them not to be uh, accepting of that. Uh, nowhere in the Bible do we read, well, boys will be boys. God didn't allow for that. He considered juvenile delinquency disrespect for parents, dishonoring of the father, dishonoring of the mother. Anarchy in the home was seen to breed anarchy in society. That is why it was considered such a serious matter. Now, I'm going to take you in just a moment to some scripture that you may never have read. And I assure you, you didn't read it for devotional reasons if you did read it. It's harsh scripture. It's hard. But this is what God's word says in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 21, verses 18 through 21. If a man has a stubborn son, has a stubborn and rebellious son, who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, 
and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed them. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city, to the gate of his city. And they shall say to the elders of the city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Now, you need to know that I've done some extensive research on that passage of Scripture because it is hard. It is cold. It is very, very, very harsh. In my research, and then I checked mine against the research of very well-known biblical scholars, historical biblical scholars, Jewish scholars, there is nothing recorded in any of the history that says this was ever carried out, that any child was ever stoned to death. You need to know that. But I think you also need to recognize that there was some great wisdom in what we just read. I suspect that that most likely scared the bejeebers out of some kids. It didn't have to be acted out. The intimidation factor was huge. That if there was rebellion toward parents, if there was disrespect toward parents in the home, and they were going to be taken before the elders of the city, I imagine that would have been a rather impressive thing. And I can just imagine the young person's eyes being about as big as saucers, being scared to death, and I don't think those guys ever had to lift a stone because just being in their presence would have been enough to cause the young person to want to change their ways. Now, across America, there are churches where this practice has been put into place, where the elders of the church are available to parents with incorrigible children. And they ask them for their help, and they bring their kids before the elders of the church, and the elders of the church discipline them and instruct them. One of the, one of the most successful uh, ministries where that is being carried out is the, is the, uh, at the ministry of the Oak Hills Bible Church in, in Dallas, Texas, where the Reverend Dr. Tony Evans is pastor. And that is set up. He ministers to, to many single-parent families where the kids are in rebellion and they are brought in before the elders of the church, and they have, they have shown great, great success in, in dealing with issues and in problems this way. I've been very humbled and very pleased that across the years of my pastorate here, there have been times where parents have called and said, I want to bring my, my son or my daughter in to, to talk with you. I'm very concerned about what I see them doing, what I hear them talking about. And so this word is a word for, 
for structuring our churches. Even now, today, in this modern age, when we want to push so much of, of what is in Scripture into antiquity, it's relevant and it needs to be applied. So we turn over to the New Testament passage, Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. And there the passage begins, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. There is a tremendous influence of the peer culture, as we all know, upon us. We're influenced by our peers. Young people are influenced by their peers. We speak, we act, we want to fit in. We want to act like and look like everybody else. But that's not always the wisest thing that we do. To the young people here this morning, you are part of a, of a wonderful church that provides you with many, many opportunities for your spiritual enrichment and growth. We, we provide the opportunity for you to go to, to, to camps and on mission projects and, and special events all across the year, as well as our weekly programming here for you. And, and sometimes in among, even among church kids, you know, they, they really get excited about, about their, about their religion and about, about Jesus, and they get all, all hepped up about that. But when they get home, the way they treat their moms and dads, the way they talk to their parents, doesn't show that the excitement about Jesus was really genuine. Ephesians 6, 1 says that you obey your parents in the Lord. You obey your parents in the Lord. Listen, at home, when we are at home, a child is under the authority of the parents. The parents are the assigned agents of the Lord to that child. It's God's design for right beginnings. It's the way he wants his families to operate. So obedience to parents then, young people, and to all of us, who, for those of you who still enjoy having your parents with you, obedience to parents is part of your commitment to Jesus Christ. You can't get excited about Jesus. Call him Savior. Call him Lord. Sing the hymns of the church and then dishonor your parents. The Bible is very clear on that. Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's the way God has designed homes to be. And then we go on to the second and third verses in Ephesians 6. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. This is the first law God gave governing human relationships. And it is the only one relating to family and it is the one that secures family fulfillment. It is the one that brings blessing to our homes. But the role of the parent is a role which requires constant vigilance. 
We must be vigilant as parents, as grandparents, as aunts, as uncles, as, as neighbors to the, to the children in the communities where we live. We must be vigilant and, and monitor friends and fads and tendencies. We must stay alert. We must listen to what they're saying. How are they expressing themselves? There is so much that can sweep your family away. There is so much today that will erode the values and the unity and all that you hold holy and sacred about your family to just devastate you. You need to be on guard. You need to be watching all the time. There is a desperate need in our country today for godly people in our homes. There is a desperate need for godly people in our homes and in our workplaces and in national leadership and in your social circles. When friends gather, there needs to be godly people there. You need to be those godly people. In fact, there needs to be godly people in the churches of America today. The primary parental responsibility, according to the word of God, is to pass along our faith and the values of our faith to our children. The late Dr. D. James Kennedy, the founding pastor of of the great ministry at Coral Gables Presbyterian Church, the, the, the one who developed decades ago evangelism explosion for our country, not long before he died, wrote, the media have gone from father knows best to father knows nothing at all. <laughs> uh, that statement this morning is as relevant as when James Kennedy made it. Have you looked closely at how fathers are portrayed on television today? Even in commercials, not just the shows, but commercial television as well as the, the sitcoms and the shows. Males are portrayed as buffoons. They are not men who are honored by their wives and they're certainly not honored by their children. That's the portrayal. That's the depiction of men on our television screens today. And we don't turn it off. We just keep absorbing it, absorbing it until that influence, that encroachment, which is so subtle, begins to, to take us over. And we see that. You know, the, the, the television shows that some of us grew up with and that, you know, I know are... are occasionally lambasted today. Uh, Leave it to Beaver. Ozzie and Harriet. My three sons. There's only a couple of you shaking your heads. Yes, the rest of you don't know about those. <laughs> I was surprised at how many people recognized those shows at 9.30, at the 9.30 worship. Uh, but uh, there were a number of, number of people who did position of fatherhood was, was honored in those shows. 
Parenthood needs to be honored. Now, I know that, bless your hearts, some of you maybe were raised in a home where the father was absent. As Jim said in his fine prayer a while ago, some may have not even known their fathers. And there's, a, there's an attitude, there's a resentment, there's a bitterness there. But you need to pray about that. You need to pray for a healing of your memory and your attitude. Even though that person who, who provided one half of your gene pool was not who he should have been, you still came forth according to God's plan for a male and a female to be joined. And the position that that man was in as father still needs to be honored and respected. Maybe you can't honor what he has done. Maybe you can't honor what he did with his life. But he was still your father. And you will serve yourself well if you begin to look differently at that. Carrying bitterness, grudges, a revengeful attitude hurts only you. It only hurts you. You can't project that. Bible tells us that our children are a gift from the Lord. And I certainly believe that and I've been so grateful for the, the most important calling in my life, greater than my ministry, was the calling to be a father and uh, the privilege that, that that gave me and, and how when each of our children was born, as soon as Pat and I could be alone in the, in the birthing center, we went before God and we dedicated each child uh, to the Lord. Uh, there's a wonderful story about a, a child's dedication in the, in the story of the woman Hannah and her son Samuel. Do you remember that one? It's a beautiful story that when Hannah had that boy, Samuel, she consecrated, she committed his life to the Lord. She wanted him to be unique and special in God's service. And the part of the story that I really like, and you may want to look it up and, and read it later today. It's, a, it's, it's so special. Hannah takes Samuel back to the temple. And she goes to the priest. She doesn't wait for the priest to say anything to her. She, in essence, says to the priest, now don't you forget. Make sure you remember that this boy is consecrated, is committed, is dedicated to the Lord. That must have been an exciting moment for, the, for that, that priest because so often you feel like saying to some folks, don't you remember? Don't you remember what you said in your vows? Don't you remember what you said you would do? Don't you remember? But Hannah remembered and she reminded the priest. She said, this son of mine is going to belong to the Lord in a unique way, and don't you forget it. That mother knew. That mother knew that boy was a gift from God, 
Now listen to this. And she was the steward of the gift. The steward of the gift of the child. What an honor God has given us as parents. You know, our children come with instruction manuals. Yes, they do. They come with instruction manuals. It's called the Bible. It tells us how to raise our kids, what God expects, what God wants, what will make for a blessed and, and wonderful home. The more you are familiar with the manual, the more effective you will be in your parenting. Honor for parents, this command. Honor your father and your mother. Honor for parents is learned from parents who honor God's word. Honor for parents is learned from parents who honor God's word. When you follow the Lord, you don't randomly seek advice or counsel from, from anybody. You choose very carefully. You don't go to someone because they're prominent. You don't go to someone because they're rich, because they have notoriety. You go to someone for advice and guidance in family matters because they are godly and they know God's word. And you seek counsel from them because they are successful in their parenting according to the word of God. Godly persons draw from the wells of godly achievement. There is no program that can be instituted to fix lives when a home is shattered. There is no program to fix lives when a home is shattered. That's why God's word is so clear and so compelling and why we stand here as Yorkshire Church in the honored position of being able to, to help our families and work with them in so many ways. I know that many of our people have gone through a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and ache, and we're so sorry for that, but we stand with them, ready to, to, to help and to heal in every way that we possibly can. God expects you. God expects you to pay attention to him. God expects you to pay attention to him at home. 